0: to get a little bit of a giggle over the announcement part because there's been once or twice that I may have been admonished about going kind of along, but it's difficult not to. And so it cracks me up when Bob is saying that because he knows, he knows exactly how hard it is, right? You have so many things you want to share and you don't want to share too much, but you don't want to leave anything out. So uh, it's just, it's good natured. It's funny. So welcome, everybody. I am, um, I've only got a couple verses that I'm teaching on today. So it's totally fine that Pastor Bob took a little extra time in announcements there. That's, that's fine. Um, and I'm teaching in uh, James, as we're in the works of that heart, James 4, verses 11 and 12. So it's just two verses. And um, it's a real powerful, I think, section in scripture, this whole section in James, and they tie very closely together. And so in your Bible, it may show a little subtitle in those two verses. Uh, In mine, it says it's a warning against judging others, but some Bibles don't even have it subsectioned out at all. It's all together because what precedes it and what comes after, again, ties so closely together. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna read the two verses so that we have our starting point and then we're just gonna go from there. And remember, this is James and from our study, we believe this is James, the half-brother of Jesus and he's writing to the 12 tribes that are scattered among the nations at this point. So James 4, verses 11 and 12. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law, but your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? And I'm teaching out of the NLT this morning, so your version may read a little bit differently, but that's, the, that's kind of the flow of what we're looking at. And so this letter from James was written possibly around 45 AD, and it ties closely, like I said, with the previous section that Bob just taught on, which was friendship with the world. And it boiled down to um, pride and humility. You know, the difficulty, that tension between pride and humility. In, you know, how do pride, how does pride, when we do it, it's all up to us, and humility, when we let God be in charge, how do pride and humility work together? And the answer is they don't. And then that's exactly what Bob was teaching last week. And so as we um, move into today, it is using a lot of that again, as our foundation as to what we're teaching on today. And a few weeks ago, I taught on James um, chapter two, verses one through 13, which talked about the dangers of prejudice. And I would say that this ties very, very closely into that message as well. So what's the difference between prejudice when we have a preferential feeling about something and judging? So again, a preferential, I showed pictures when I taught on that message and just asked, you know, when you see these two pictures, do you have a positive feeling about one or a negative feeling about one? So sometimes we, feel a prejudice without even knowing that it's there and maybe not even knowing where it came from, what, what happened in our lives or you know, what we've been around that has caused that, that initial preference of one thing or one person over another. So the difference for what we're talking about today when we think about um, prejudice, having that preferential feeling and being judgmental, a lot of what James is talking about is that speaking or evil slander against a brother. So um, depending on your version, it might use the word slander or speaking evil. So the evil that's being referred referred to here as I was reading through some commentaries and studying and and looking at some different passages, there's a commentary, Barnes, that phrased it in a way I thought was really good. So the evil here referred to is that of talking against others, against their actions, their motives, their manner of living, their families. Few things are more common in the world. Nothing is more decidedly against the true spirit of religion or we could say true spirit of Christianity. So think about that, that against their actions, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. Their motives, you know, um, they're just trying to, they're greedy, they're just trying to get more money for themselves. Uh, their families, look at that, their kids don't even go to church. I don't think they're very good parents, you know. I don't, I don't think that they treat the kids very well or the spouse very well. We try to make things make sense. So often we bring in details that we don't even know are true when we are being judgmental with somebody. And, it's, and I don't think that people, you don't know, purposely doing that. I don't purposely do that, but I find myself doing exactly that. It's not like you set out for that. And we see this, this theme in scripture when he says, when Barnes says, few things are more common, it lets us know that this isn't new to now. We see this and we see people railing against things. What's new to now is that everybody has a public forum to rail against whoever they want to be judging, right? Everybody can be on social media, YouTube, they can be videoed and be seen across the planet, quite honestly, and it was a little bit different then, right? You had to work a little bit harder for everybody to know how judgmental you were, right? So, uh, so when we look at scripture in Ephesians 431, um, this was written around 62 AD, we see Paul addressing the same issue. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And then around 64 AD, in Peter's first letter, we see in 1 Peter 2.1, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. And much to what Bob was teaching to last week, often the roots to slander, hypocrisy, jealousy, unkind speech, those types of things, is pridefulness. Right? Pridefulness. And jealousy is pridefulness. If you're jealous of what somebody else has, we might say it in a good natured way. But if you have true jealousy about what somebody has, often it feels like somehow we would be more deserving of what they have than just being happy for the fact that they have it at all. So I'm gonna reread verse 11. I'm just gonna read it to you, and then we're gonna just talk about each of these verses by themselves. Verse 11, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. So who in this room, and you don't have to raise your hand, has ever realized in the midst of doing this, the irony of judging someone you feel is too judgmental? And I will totally raise my hand on that. Like while I was putting this message together, I had a little tirade with Bob about something and I'm like, holy mackerel, I am doing exactly that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that I really believe in my heart that um, when we can at least get to the point of acknowledging, acknowledging and recognizing when we are starting to roll down that path, That is a huge step to making progress in that. Because my feeling is, you know, based on my personal experiences and talking to people, we probably are never going to get this thing 100% nipped in the bud until we're with Jesus. But knowing that and being repentant and sorrowful when we misstep in that way is a huge is a huge step. And God acknowledges that because he, he knows our heart, what our heart is, what our true heart is. And in that scripture, when it says, but your job is to obey the law, the word in the Greek that obey is be a doer, right? And so we talk about in James as part of our main mission is to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer, not just a reader, just to be a doer of it. It means that to be obey the law, be a doer and don't sit in judgment of it. So if we are judging the law, what he means by sitting in judgment of it, judging the law is essentially saying that we can decide when it does or doesn't apply, right? That kind of, that whole thing, well, I wouldn't do it that way. You know, you might have a boss or somebody and you're like, you know, my boss does X, Y, Z, and I totally wouldn't do it that way. That's blah, 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 blah. Well, newsflash, he's your boss and it's not your job right? If it's your job, then you get to decide. And it's the same with God. God is the judge. He's the giver of the law. It's not up to us to decide when or it does or doesn't apply. It is up to us to do the study to try to understand it, right? To have a true understanding of what he is asking us to do and what he's asking us to let him be in charge of. So there was a great quote that I found, I really liked it. It's by Emperor Maximilian, which sounds very fancy. Um, And he was uh, King of the Romans from 1486 and Holy Roman Emperor from 1508 till his death. And his quote was, to offer to domineer over the conscience is to assault the citadel of heaven. And I like that quote because it is one sentence and it simply says what it means for us to offer, to domineer, right? To take charge of somebody else's else's conscience and their actions and think that we could know them is to assault the citadel of heaven where God is the only person, the only being that can know that, the only one that has that full and complete picture. And so that is where, that's like our setup as we get on to this verse 12. So this verse 11 talks about what we're not supposed to do, right? We're not supposed to speak evil. We're not supposed to criticize and be judging God's law, right? When it does or doesn't apply, our job is to obey the law. And then as we move into verse 12, and I'm just gonna read this again to refresh us, God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? So thinking about the word judge, I wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between judging and making a judgment. So making a judgment is where you're assessing character, um, you're assessing teaching, so if you go to a church, you go to this church, you go to another church, you have to make a judgment, is that person teaching from the bible are they teaching truth is what they are teaching is it biblical right so you being in your bibles helps you to make that judgment to make that assessment as you're looking at that because in the bible it tells us that we need to beware of false teachers right we need to beware of those those wolves in sheep's clothing we need to be able to make that judgment We need to be able to make judgments about sin and when to address it. Because in the Bible, it also says, if we have a brother or sister in Christ that we see is sinning, that we are often to help gently nudge that person, right? Not beat them over the head with something, you know, but to gently nudge them and help them, to help them with reconciling to the Lord and reconciling with their brothers and sisters. We need to be able to make a judgment. Remember, and before I even say that, think about the saying, hate the sin, not the sinner, that's where that feel is, right? You're trying to help somebody with a sin, but you have to be able to make that judgment based on God's word, right? Not whether or not you think it applies in that situation. And then how he has given us directions on how to address those things. Again, to be, do it in love. Um, Maybe is someone ready to hear the gospel? Has anybody ever without making a judgment, not assessing the situation, assessing the, the person that you're uh, talking to, uh, assessing what the Holy Spirit has said to you. Have you ever just like started blurting out you know, the, about Jesus and then the person does not respond with like, hallelujah, hooray, I'm saved now, right? You have to make an assessment and you have to ask the Lord how to respond in those situations. If it's not specifically addressed in the Bible, the best that we can do is ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. You know, some things are not like totally black and white, and that's when we're asking the Holy Spirit to help us to make that assessment so that we can make a judgment. So think about think about a judge in a court, right? If the judge in the court walked in, right, and he... You know, you've got somebody who's kind of messy, you know, messily dressed or whatever, and then you've got somebody dressed to the nines, and the two walk in, and before they have even presented their cases, the judge says, guilty, you know, to the person that they feel is, that's both prejudice, right, and being judgmental, right? It's all the things. Um, That's why what a judge is supposed to do is to make a judgment, an assessment on all of the information and all of the evidence that they can collect. Now the only thing that's different in this instance is a judge, a human judge, is human and not infallible. Only our Lord is infallible. So when it comes to us trying to make an assessment, trying not to be judgmental, just thank the Lord that it isn't our responsibility to make all those decisions. He never expected us to bear the burden of judging everybody else right? That is his and his alone. Thank you, Jesus. We can just focus on the part that we're supposed to do, which is loving others and trying to be that encouraging and helpful and um, lifting people up and, and doing the things that we can to help our brothers and sisters in Christ and to bring in more brothers and sisters in Christ, right? So it would be all of us working together in that way. And not being judgmental doesn't mean you can't have a difference of opinion, all right? You absolutely can. An easy one that I think about is baptisms, right? So we talk about the method of baptism is not really written in stone. We like to dunk because we think it's super fun and we think that there is precedence for dunking. But if somebody said, no, 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 I only believe in the sprinkle, we would be totally okay with that as well. But I have seen many an argument, many an ugly argument come about. So instead of a person or a family being so happy that somebody wants to be baptized and commit their life to the Lord, they are judgmental about the method in which they decide to do that. Can we see where that can be kind of problematic? Um, Think about what we do here in the venue. And one of the things that we have seen is, first of all, what an amazing ministry to be able to be with families for a wedding or for a memorial, for things like that. Such important things that happen in somebody's life. But I have had conversations where, you know, there's one family member who's in charge of making all of this happen for a memorial. And that's a lot, right? That's not something that you plan for, right? A year in advance or anything like that. It's got a lot of heavy emotional attachment. And so often, and in a particular instance I'm thinking about, um, they're concerned that other families are gonna be judgmental that they didn't spend more money for the reception food afterwards right? And they're concerned that there's going to be too much scripture involved. Forget the fact that the person who passed away was very involved in their church and scripture was very important to them. They just don't personally feel that way, right? That's, that's really a tough place to be for families in that where they feel like they're being judged by the other instead of coming together and supporting each other through a very difficult time. And that's how I believe when we look at scripture, that's what I think God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to try to judge somebody else's motives, families, direct, any of that stuff. You know, you can say I wouldn't do it that way and when it's up to you for your own self, then you just don't do it that way but for us to really be able to show that kindness and that love and that grace to others when we maybe just don't see it ourselves, when it doesn't make sense for us. So if we trust that God knows what he's doing, and if you're in this room or you're watching online, I have to think you either trust he knows what he's doing or you are just praying he does so that you can be let off the hook of having that, crushing responsibility of having to judge others. That's why we read the Bible, we study the Bible, but if we trust in that, then we need to pay attention here to what he's saying to us. How does he do it? How does he do how does he do it? It's because he sees us, you, me, everyone in the world in the entirety of who we are. He knows who we were from the moment we were born, from before we were born, all the way up to the moment we are now. And he sees all that we will be as well as all that we could be, right? Because those two things are not always the same. He sees that all. He doesn't just see us in a single confusing or unfortunate minute or season, right? Which is often when, that judgmental piece comes into play. We see somebody maybe in a moment that is tough and maybe they aren't responding in in a way that you think is the best, but that we have to remember they're not, their entirety is not that moment in time. There's so much more to them. He sees us as as a child, his child. So how can we do that? How can we manage when we don't have that huge picture, how can we manage that? We aren't God. So it's going to be a lot tougher for us. So I've got some pictures this time around as well. So I'm hoping that these come through because I was really late getting my pictures to Jeremy. So we're going to give it a try. So this first picture, okay. So we're going to just, we're going to look at this and it's me and I'm walking by and I see these three kids and I've We've just done 10 weddings and 10 memorial services and we're working 60 hours a week. And I'm like, look at these young people. They're not even at work in the middle of the day, you know, just messing around. What the heck, right? I don't know anything about them. They could be work. This could be their 30-minute lunch break for all. I know, who knows? But this next picture, what if I see them as this, right? Who's gonna judge these little cutie patooties, right? And if you are, I'm feeling judgmental against you. So So I, I was thinking to myself, you know, what kind of a nice gimmick it would be to try to do that, to try to start picturing somebody when you're going down that road like that. So this next picture. So say you are in the office and you see one of your coworkers crying, Now, maybe you'd be feeling compassion or maybe you'd be like, gosh, that's not very professional to be crying. He needs to go back in his office and cry in private or, you know, whatever. You might have some judgmental feelings about that, you know, but what if you saw him like this and notice I found a little boy with a bow tie because that's a kid version of the suit, right? Would you feel judgmental or would you be like, oh, I need to know what's wrong? What happened? Why is he so sad? Or this picture here. So for those of you, do I have anybody who's an F1 fan, F1 racing? Okay. So for, if you are, this right here is Sebastian Vettel. It looks pretty crunchy right there, huh? So he drove for, for Ferrari at that time. And I remember, just thinking to myself, he always looked like that. I'm like, why does he always look so crunchy? He's making a truckload of money to be able to race cars. And, and what does he have to be crunchy about? I'm feeling pretty negative. Like he was, the, he was the villain of the season, you know, in my mind, because he was always like that and he always seemed bent out of shape. Um, and I will tell you, since he, when he switched teams, he was a lot different. So it, it was maybe just a tough team to be on. But, I came across this next picture, which is also Sebastian Vettel. And I don't know if you notice, but this is his lucky stuffed pig. Exactly! And now I can never see Seb Vettel as an adult. Every time I see him, this is what I see in my head. So, anything that he does, I have to remind myself that in a moment when somebody is stressed or overwhelmed or whatever, I mean, whatever, I don't know what's going on in somebody's life, but I do know that everybody at one point was a child with dreams and, and feelings and parents and influences that came into their lives. And Seb Vettel with that little stuffed pig, that is like such a thing, it's hard right? It's hard to be able to visualize people in that way when you only know them as an adult. Parents, do you ever wonder why your kids might treat you a little bit judgmentally? Do you ever, and don't even try to tell me that it never happens (laughs) because, um, you know, you try to tell your kids, I've been through this, but it's hard for them because they only know you as a parent. It's difficult for them to picture you in their mind's eye the way God does as a child. And that you did have all of the things, good or bad, that could happen to a child. And a lot of that is what forms how you parent, right? Do you ever, I mean, have you ever had a kid that where, it's almost like they can't even acknowledge that you have a life apart from them, much less that you were ever a child. One of my favorite stories is my sister. Um, she, her daughter has, uh, her, her youngest boy, Ian. One time we did a little play date where Ian and his sister, Bryce, were with me. And my daughter wasn't with me that weekend. And Ian had left something in the car. And then my daughter came back, you know, and she's in the car. And she's like, whose is this? And I was like, oh, it's Ian's. And she's like, Ian was here? I'm like, yeah. She goes, in this car? I'm like, yes. And I wasn't here? No. But it was one of those moments where I think, as a little kid, it occurred to her that when she wasn't there, things still happened in my life, right? Things still, it wasn't like everything was on hold and I'm sitting in a chair over here just waiting until she shows back up. So for us, sometimes when we encounter people, we forget That outside our time with that person, there's a whole world of things that happen. There's a world of things that happened before, during the time that we know them, and there'll be a whole world of things that happen after. And the best that we can do if we're trying to be obeying God's law, like what he's asked us to do, the job he's given us to do, is to help that person. And it doesn't mean, again, having to have the same opinion as that person. It doesn't mean that we have to uh, further, if we think that they're doing something that's hurting themselves, we don't have to be active participants in that. But we can be praying for that person. We can be encouraging to that person and let them know that we are for them. And when I say pray for them, I don't mean, ugh, they need prayer big time because they are messed up. I mean praying for them from the bottom of your heart that the Lord who is the only one that knows the full picture, that he will bring to pass the best case for them, right? That that, that, that is what we should be praying for. Not from where we're praying from, we're making a judge, we're judging them, Right? Because we don't have all the information, and if we don't have all the information, we can't always be assessing the situation. Sometimes we have to assess the situation, and we work with what we have. But gosh, we shouldn't be looking to be put in that position if we don't have to be. Because we are human, and we are fallible. We are not infallible. So our homework, right? We're coming at the end of this before we close in prayer, we go into communion, our homework is gonna be this. So just be thinking about this as we move into this next week, is to one, to be on the alert to recognizing when we're being judgmental, right? So we talked about some of those things. And I think from your guys' reactions, laughing, I think we already noticed that a lot. But really try to make yourself be um, looking for that, right? Every single day when you're starting to go down a road, ask yourself that. I've mentioned so many times in Jackie's class the rubber band thing around the wrist and that when you were having an unkind thought about somebody or something, you snap it to snap yourself out of it. That is one of the best and easiest gimmicks I have ever seen. So try it for a week. Tell yourself you're gonna put it around your wrist and if you find yourself being judgmental about something, give yourself a little snap, right? And when you recognize that, you take a breath and a step back and look at the situation and ask yourself, are there things that are specific to me that are making me react in this way? Because often our judgment on other people, being judgmental of somebody else, doesn't even necessarily have to do with them so much, as much as our personal life story right the things that we have been through that are specific to us there may be some things that are um it works this way for everybody but i think most of us know a lot of things are very specific to us as people there might be something that is a challenge for one person that is not a challenge for somebody else think about something like gambling or drinking right somebody may be able to have a glass of wine And that's the glass of wine they have for a month, right? For some people, that might be a challenge. And so we need to understand that we have very specific circumstances so that when we're looking at something, are we looking at it through the filter of what has happened to us, our particular circumstances? Because we don't have God's filter. We're not that big. We want to remember that there's so much more to a person than what's standing right in front of us. And we want to be able to see them as God see them as a child. Picture everybody with that stuffed lucky pig. I swear it helps, it helps to picture them as a child. Uh, if you're a kid, if you're an adult kid, ask your parents to see pictures of them as a child. So that maybe that you can have that that ability yourself um, to see your parents in that way. Pray for them, again, not judgmentally. Pray for them and pray for yourself to snap out of it when you're going down that road, wrong road. Ask the Lord to just show you them the way he says, sees them and to help you recover because it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, right? So it's not a failure if it happens, it's a failure if we give into it and continue down there, right? It's a victory when we recognize it and we ask the Lord, just help me reset, And the faster we can reset, that is a victory after victory after victory. And then remember that that person may be struggling in the same way in reverse, in the way that they see you, and the way things that they think about your situation. Sometimes it's helpful to understand that it's a two-way street and that you would hope that you would have that same type of mercy and compassion when people are dealing with you um, because they don't know your whole story. And part of that is when we, when we create relationship in a church, in family, and we share the things that are going on in our lives, it can make it a little bit easier to not be judgmental. Sometimes if we feel like we have to hold everything so close to the vest and we can't trust anyone with anything, how could they possibly know what you're going through? And it's hard because you wanna feel like you can trust that you're with someone that is, go- is going to be compassionate and not judgmental. So if we're able to model that, then perhaps our sphere of influence will be full of people who trust sharing those things with us so that we can be really successful in just coming around each other and not being judgmental. All right, so we're going to uh, close in prayer and then we're gonna move into communion And so when you're going into communion, just ask the Lord to be able, every single person you encounter today, ask the Lord to give you a picture of them as a child. It doesn't have to be accurate, right? It can be though something that you use as you go through your daily, your day to day to just help you be able to show that love and compassion to people. Just use it. And I'm sure that the Lord will give you some really good stuff because he's sweet and he's faithful and he does have a sense of humor as well. He'll give you some things to help you get through that. So let's close in prayer and we'll go ahead and we'll move into to communion. Just if you are new to communion here, I'm just gonna mention real quick that we have wine um, up front, we have gluten-free crackers and bread, you just dip in there. And then if you would like to serve yourself or your family or you prefer to do juice, we have self-serve at the back there. But let's close in prayer and then we'll move into communion. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for this beautiful day and this beautiful group of people that want not only to hear your word, but to understand your word. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would be working on hearts all day today um, and just letting them know that one, you love them. And the fact that anybody even wants to be successful at this and to be a doer of the word is something that thrills you that we want to be obedient, we want to be in your will. And Lord, we just ask that you give us, when we need it, that reminder, that gentle reminder, that vision of the person in front of us as your child, just as we are your child. We love you, God. We love you. We praise you in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you.